guys we are going to dive into something that we have spoken about before but from a different perspective so there was a few months ago where we had spoken about how we think about our energy and who we are and what are we really you know are we matter are we waves are we particles are we energy you know when you break it down to our components what is this thing that makes up our human body and how do you then understand how to better maintain it operate it you know what how do you interact with the environment uh, we're joined by Susan Lavelle today. First of all, thanks for joining us. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. And, you know, in discussing things with you, you had this really cool perspective that looks at some of what we've been talking about and how that applies to your body's sort of cleansing, detox, maintenance system. And nobody really talks about that. So you know, we can jump right in. Let's start right there. So you say that if you choke, you choose to focus on working on energy when you're working with your clients, Right. And, and if you own that and do that properly, then you kind of solve all these odd problems that are bucketed into autoimmune, detox, skin, whatever, all these things that people are dealing with. So first of all, why? <laughs> why are you starting there? And how do you get someone from, I'm going to work on your energy to, I'm going to heal your problem? Gotcha. Oh, I love that question. So maybe five, six years ago, when I was first making that switch over from plastic surgery, 22 years of plastic surgery to lifestyle medicine, I still had that uh, that bucket thing we were just talking about, you know, because if somebody comes in to get their eyelids done, they don't want a tummy tuck. They want their eyelids done. So it was thinking that one on one thing. But when you go into lifestyle medicine, someone comes to you because they want to lose weight or they want to heal their gut or something like that. And I was initially treating each one of those as separate buckets. Yeah. But when you, you know, the whole thing about lifestyle medicine is getting down to the root cause, not just treating the leaf on the tree, you know, what happened because of the roots. And the further and further I dug, the more and more it became clear that energy or lack of energy is at that basis of almost everything. So mm-hmm. like if you're not, uh, if your liver is not detoxifying, if you're gaining weight, if your hormones are out of balance, if you look and look and look and go deeper and deeper, most of the time you're going to find some issue with energy. So that's why I switch. That's really cool. And that's a big leap because, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't a small amount of effort to become a plastic surgeon, right? <laughs> <laughs> to set up your practice and to build up that business and to have financial freedom and the prestige that comes along with it. And all of a sudden you're like, this isn't what works for people. I need to do something else. And that's a big leap. And I commend you and, you know, honor what you did there. But so now somebody comes in and you start to recognize this stuff. People wouldn't even know where to start. Okay. My energy. What do you mean? My energy? What does that even mean? (laughs) That's been a huge change because like I said, they come in because they want the, they want to lose that 20 pounds or they come right. in because they're unbalanced hormones. And when you start telling them, well, we'll fix this, but first we have to fix this. Mm. If we don't do this, then that's not. And sometimes that'll go some, if people are really kind of already studying themselves and have gone through, then they kind of get the picture. If they haven't, then they don't. And so sometimes I don't even say that that's what we're doing. I don't even say that we're fixing your energy levels right. first to fix this. Um, and as they start feeling better and having more energy, then the other things start resolving. Yeah. So are you saying that essentially that because our systems are underpowered, that they're just failing? Is that what's going on? 
I really believe so. I mean, you had a wonderful podcast uh, just a few weeks ago with Ari Witten, who was talking about energy and mitochondria. Right. If mitochondria are not working, you're not going to work, period. No. And so, you know, that's one of the things that we're seeing. I'm going to go, I'm not going into the mitochondrial thing, but what <laughs> I'm talking about is, you know, what are the things that affect that? If we don't have the number that we need, if we don't have them working at the capacity that they need to be working, then we start having issues. So, right. Yeah, yeah. And in your work, you apply this a lot to sort of the detox pathways and toxicity. And that's kind of been like a focus of yours. So right. again, somebody would say, what do these have to do with each other? So <laughs> where do you start? What is your what does it look like? Yeah. So other than the fact that everything is interconnected, we're gonna leave that, you know, in yeah. another little bucket. The whole thing is that two of the things that toxins, which are everywhere, and we'll get into that in just a second, but two of the things that toxins do to mitochondria, which we've already just said are opposed to our, you know, uh, in, involved with our energy, is they decrease their number and they decrease their output of energy. Oh. So if you're doing these two things, you know, because you have so many toxins in your body, then obviously you're not going to do all the other things that you need to be able to do to thrive. No, that makes a lot of sense. So then where are you intervening? Because there's this acute response of like you, the beautiful example you gave of the tree, you know, you look at the leaves and anyone that's in that industry knows, okay, the leaf is off, but I'm not going to replace the leaf. I'm digging into the ground. I'm feeding it with some kind of fertilizer. There's something else going on at the root, right? Right. Meanwhile, you get eczema, your eye goes blurry, you get a headache. That's all you're trying to mask. Your, your leaves get ignored, right? Yeah. Uh, and, or the root, I should say. So when you do this work, how do you go about it? Because there, there is that, okay, I'm going to give you enough energy for your detox systems to flourish and flow. But in this reality of how we live, is that enough? Because the, the exposure is so high. Oh, oh, I love that. It, we are exposed to toxins every single day. And it's the, the scary thing. I shouldn't say the scary thing, but the thing we need to keep in mind, it is not just the things that are coming at us. It's not just our environment. It's not just the air we breathe and the things we slather on our skin and the food that we eat. Right. It's also our bodies. Our bodies make toxins. You right. know, just in living, we're going to be making toxins. So automatically every day, 360, you know, 365 days in the year, so <laughs> something like that. <laughs> we're making toxins and being exposed to them both outside and inside. Yeah. Oh, man, that's amazing. So then, so in your, in your work now, I know that you personally understood your own detox pathways, right? And from what I understand, there wasn't much to find. <laughs> you're right you're right yeah so that's an interesting story in and of itself because I come from a family that in medical school the name they gave it was PPP piss poor protoplasm <laughs> it was because you know three out of four of my grandparents both of my parents died at an early age and it wasn't always the same thing it was different things so we never really connected the dots. Mm. Um, I knew that as I was growing up, I was kind of like the canary in the coal mine. So, you know, if something was going around, I would get it. Or if I didn't stay on a strict and narrow way of eating, you know, eating pretty clean and getting enough sleep and doing, you know, very getting enough exercise. If I didn't do that, um, I started suffering. And I'll, I'll just be really blunt. The reason that I switched from plastic surgery, the thing that was the deciding factor from plastics to functional medicine, lifestyle medicine, was the third time I came out of, the, of an intensive care unit in one year. 
And it wow. was I, it was because I was so markedly inflamed. Uh, I was just sick three times. And that third time I'm like, look, you can't keep doing this. And that's when I said, okay, I need to figure this out. And at first I was so weak, so tired that all I could do was start changing the foods that I was eating. And so I did and started getting a little bit more energy. And then I started adding a lot of the other things, the stress, all the things that we hear about, stress reduction, good sleep, getting movement in your day, started adding all of those things and healed myself. Um, and that's when I realized, okay, it's nice to work on the outside. I loved working on the outside and changing people because you could change their lives. It wasn't just, and I'll, I'll go into that too, it's not just have an ill, take a pill. We were changing something but it was even more spectacular to be able to change from the inside out. And uh, that's you intuitively kind of went down the right path because. You yeah, yeah. And then you later found out, oh, wait a second, it all makes sense now because you're what we call a double null. Oh, rare, meaning that the two key glutathione genes that could potentially be missing, you're missing both of them. Both of them, both of them, right? which is crazy because it's yeah. both your gut, your lungs, the, call it the traffic cops and the blood that are meant to go find things and collect them and get rid of them. You don't do that. Right. <laughs> so, exactly. And you wonder yeah. why you know that. So your, your history makes sense. And then your recovery makes sense because you're solving again, the root as opposed to all those, you know, frayed broken leaves. So now this work that you did on yourself, how do you translate that into this variability of not everyone's wired like you? Ooh, you know? right. Right, right. And that's that's one of the things when I start working with someone, I let them know that every single person is different. And therefore, you know, when you take just a generic program and say, OK, go eat this or go do that. You know, like right now, keto is like the thing. Everybody needs to be on keto to, to live. Well, guess what? Not everybody does because not everybody digests it well or absorbs it well or uses it well or uses fat talking about. Um, right. So it's all about. Uh, knowing what's best for you. And that's when I started really delving deeply into lifestyle medicine, um, looking at lab work, which I love, which <laughs> gives you, you know, which gives you the, the information you need to really specialize, make a specialized program, if you want to say, for each individual. Yes, there are basics. Everybody needs to eat, you know, whole foods versus processed. But you know, is, is wheat something for you versus not? And, you know, just again, with me, I always thought that I was gluten insensitive. You know, I thought the problem was gluten. Well, I just saw my DNA. It's not so much the gluten, it's the toxins on the wheat and all of the gluten that mm -hmm. I can't deal with. So again, it just makes so much sense when you get all of the puzzle pieces and put them together. So when you started your new, you know, life in this lifestyle medicine, did you go back to your same plastic surgery customers and knock on their door and say, yeah, I got something better or how did of you? Of course, of course. Yeah. And, you know, with any kind of marketing, you know that you, you start with the people who are already in your circle. They know you, they trust you, they love you. Um, and I did, and some did, you know, I, I still have some from now. I left there, what, three, four years ago. And I still have some members who are with me, but the majority didn't. And that was because they were still in that let's treat the yeah. symptom versus let's treat the root, you know? And so, those patients, were they mostly cosmetic or did they actually come with like uh, health issues or? Oh, I did both. Oh, yeah. wait, you mean, you mean both cosmetic or not? Yeah, yeah, I did both. But even with cosmetic people, there were people you would have to turn away because they weren't healthy enough. Right. 
And if we could have, if I could take the knowledge I have now, take that back five years, I would have definitely started helping people turn their health around to make them better candidates for, you know, for plastic surgery. They'd have greater results and everything. So some of those cosmetic people, you know, given you're in the United States and as a Canadian that flies into the United States all the time, there's always a culture shock of just the obesity that's around like everywhere. Right. And then you go eat something and you realize why. (laughs) So, you know, literally I was, uh, my, my kids, we were at Disney and here once in a while, my daughter will have a treat of a cake pop from Starbucks. Right. Once in a while. Once in a while. (laughs) It's small. So I figure, you know, it's not a huge exposure. So she had the same thing. Now, mind you, she's like five years old. She had the same exact flavor of the same exact product from the same exact company Uh in Disney. She took a bite and spat it out. Because the version that you get in the U.S. and well, I don't know if it's just a Disney or in Florida, but was so sweet from the high syrup that she couldn't eat it. Couldn't even eat it. It's a completely different product. Right. Amazing. Yes. It was ridiculous. So anyways, I tried to bite it. I couldn't eat it just to see why was she thought she was being fussy, but she was different. So when you're dealing with that, you know, and you're you're having all these cosmetic type people and just for the the sake of people understanding that, you know, uh, this expands beyond kind of health, like acute. I need help with something. Mm. There's everyday problems that we're dealing with acne skin wrinkles obesity fat so those are those same people who you would have worked on say lipo would you now say to them that there's a different way or do you absolutely 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 even like you said the skin the wrinkles how their 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 skin elasticity is is so much better if you're healthier you know if your gut is healthy Acne, cystic acne is so much related to what's going on in your gut. You heal the gut, the acne and the cystic acne goes away. So it's an entirely different way of approaching. And, you know, when we go back to that, that picture of the tree and the leaves and the green leaves, what I used to do was paint the leaves green. You know, the, the right. brown leaves were green. I was painting them, <laughs> uh, but it wasn't making anything healthy. It wasn't making really making anything better. Yeah you know, yeah. until and then the branches start to rot. But then eventually, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, that's literally a, an, a visual of chronic disease that's so accurate because you literally are just you're, you're going and getting these frayed ends fixed up and you're just driving that disease deeper and deeper mm-hmm. into the soul of that tree until it's dead. And that's the American reality. People exactly. spend the last 15 years of their life in treatment. That's literally the average, uh, right? Uh, uh, uh. I just heard the other day that um, and I was at this uh, functional medicine conference um, in St. Louis a couple weeks ago, and someone walked up to me and they were talking about billing, you know, and how do you get paid and through insurance, etc. And they said, "Well, all you really need to deal with is the last little piece." I said, "What do you mean?" He said, "70% of an average American's health expenditure is in the last year of their life, right? Because so- you spend your whole life ignoring health to then battle illness." Exactly. Exactly. It, it, that's amazing. It's one of the things that I do and have done. And I just because I like to stay in, keep my hands in the in the medical world as well. I do health assessments. 
and they're on Medicare patients, and they are almost notoriously on at least five to 10 different medications, right? BDs for, you know, their blood pressure for cholesterol. I mean, just so many, so many, so many different, different medications. And they believe when I ask them, do you have, say, if I say, do you have high blood pressure? You know, when I first started, they would say, oh, no, no. And then you look at all their medications and they're all on all of these blood pressure medications. I said, well, why do you take them? And they'll say, well, I don't have high blood pressure because I take these medications. Right. So the whole mindset is so different. It's like, you know, if you have the whole have an ill, take a pill and the pill will cure it. You know, yeah. but we know it's not. <laughs> it's like kind of like the old uh, mantra around diabetes that you have diabetes because your body doesn't manage insulin. Or you don't manage insulin because you don't eat properly, <laughs> right? Which one is it? Exactly, exactly. Number two. You know? yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So in so in in the work that you're doing, you know, a lot of people, I I, I get that where you where you said that not everybody worked with you, right? Mm-hmm. In fact, probably less than more. Most 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 right? did. mostly didn't, and they kind of hear words like detox and energy. And it's kind of like foo-foo fad type stuff. Like maybe this is good for a goop article, but this is not good for, you know, health. That's literally the majority of what people feel. That, so what do you say to that? And how do you get someone over that line where they actually, you know, feel value in this? And yeah, well, I think the number one thing is people think when they see detox, what they're thinking are the, you know, like the celebrity push yeah. cleanses, the lemonade and the this and the that. And they think, that's not a cleanse. First of all, that's not a cleanse, but they're thinking to themselves, what, what is that? Um, and then the other thing is, if you even get to a health food store, you know, you may read, you know, you read on the bottle, okay, this is a detox. And essentially what it's doing is just having you have things come out the other end. That's right. not a detox either. You know, a real detox is something where the toxins in your body are being changed into water soluble molecules and then taken out of the body. And if that's not all happening, you know, then you're not detoxifying. It is not something that gets done in one or two days. It's something that's a real process. So I did the lemon diet mm-hmm. and I didn't eat for seven days. So you're telling me I wasted my time? <laughs> well, you might have lost some weight. You might have cleansed your body. There's right. a difference. You might have cleansed your body by, and that's the difference between cleanse and a detox. So a cleanse is something where you're taking away bad stuff. Um, you know, like processed foods, sugar, um, right. gluten, you're taking those things away for a period of time, um, flushing your body out with water, but you're not necessarily upregulating that that movement of the toxins into the cell, those, those toxins then being changed into something that's water soluble, and then getting out of the cell into our either our stool or our urine or, you know, breathing out or through our skin. It's not, that's not the same, they're not the same thing. They're two different things. And I think because they've been confused, mm. you know, or can, can conflated or mixed together. Um, there's that, that question about, you know, is a detox for real? And do I really need to do one? Right. Because the, the outcome isn't what people assume they're supposed to be doing. The outcome you're saying is a cleanse, but heavy metals and other toxins may still yes. be showing up. Right. Exactly. So exactly. then, so that's interesting. I, I didn't think of it that way, but the way you're describing the, the water soluble sort of factor to us, that's what we describe as methylation. Yes. So methyl groups being sent out to then be, make something water soluble. Mm-hmm. Where do you then intervene? How do you know where, how does help somebody? 
Ooh, love it. So there are there are really four, three stages, zero, one, two, three. That's four stages, really. Um, we used to think that detoxification was two stages. Number one, yeah. taking the, the subject and putting the, the whatever, it's a methyl group or whatever we're putting on it to make it water soluble. And that was detoxification. Then we realized, well, duh, we're just leaving it like that and we're not getting rid of it. If we're not excreting it, all that happens is those toxins just recirculate right. And right back in the body. So we haven't detoxified anything. So that was stage three. But then we said, okay, well, if, this, if the toxin's not in the cell in the first place, we can't do all that stuff. So that now became stage zero. So now we have stage zero, one, two, and three. And you've got things that will upregulate all of those different stages. So if you're starting with a detox, one of the most important things to do is to make sure stage three is working well. Because think about it, if you're ramping all of these things up, and you're say constipated, or your kidney function isn't good, or you're not drinking enough water, what's going to happen? Yeah, there's no exit. Like exactly. bringing all the garbage to the door and and just leaving it there, letting it pile up away. So, is there a way to identify um, which stage is broken? Like, which, where do they actually need support, or is it more like you have to do all of it? Well, you should always start with the last. You can you can definitely look at you know you can look at your DNA. You can look at um, levels of various uh, substances. Like, do you have you know, do you have the enzymes you need to methylate, to, to make, do you have the, the uh, enzymes you need to make glutathione? Like I don't really, <laughs> do you have the things that you need so that things can get out of your body? That's, you know, that's going to be number one that you could look at. The other thing is you could look at your level of B vitamins. That's huge because they're important across the board. Your B6, your B9, the folate, the, the B12, are those levels good? If they're not, you can you know you're not going to detoxify properly. Yeah, and that's been a big one where it's one of the big questions, the sort of genetics 101. It's like, mm. I don't want to know if I'm getting Alzheimer's. That's a big one. Right? <laughs> yes, yes. You actually knew you could do something to prevent it, which is not understood. Uh, I got the BRCA gene, which means I'm getting breast cancer, completely misunderstood. And the third big one is I have the MTHFR mutation. I don't methylate, right? So- right. What so that's where it's so misunderstood in terms of methylation being this complex cascade as opposed to a single gene, and research is powered by single gene factoids because that's how you make a drug. Right? If I can turn a gene on or off or turn a problem on or off, I've I've made something successful in terms of disease masking. Mm -hmm. But if you want to discuss what you're discussing, which is well, why did the disease happen in the first place? Right? Why did it leave age? So that has, that has to do with the full cascade. And the cascade, all, as complex as it looks, it's so simple to intervene because now you know, is it a B12 problem? Is it a B9 problem? Is it a folate or folinic acid problem? The, the, if you look at it as this chain and then which link is weak or needing support, and that's all you need to work on. Yes, yes. Right? We have people that end up over methylating themselves and they get headaches and they get problems of it because you're not over your gene expression goes off kilter and everything is problematic right so uh, the way you're describing things you can just intervene exactly in that process and then all of a sudden this methylation flow is optimal and you are making things water soluble you are clearing them and you know we've seen a lot of success there and, and you have too so is it supplementation is it now we're going back to that question of the problem versus the energy so right. where you got this person not methylating, things are not working. Okay, but now what's next? Is it their energy? Is it the method? Like, where do you go? 
<laughs> well, working with people, especially, you know, who are not as savvy and know that things can take months to years to kind of turn around, I will often go for a quick win. You know, right. not knowing that knowing that that's not going to be the answer in the end, but give them a quick one, help them to start to feel better in two to four weeks. If you do that, then they're on board with going through the whole process. And yeah. so, you know, depending on what's going on with that particular person, what we do in that first stage to get them, you know, involved and on board with the whole program will differ. Probably already have a sense of how invaluable a DNA 360 report can be. There's over two decades of research, 10,000 plus genomic samples, thousands of clinical consultations that we've learned from. The reports can identify things from chronic fatigue, dysregulated hormones, poor emotional resilience, addictions, weight gain, so much more as you've been listening. You discover your genomic insights from the DNA company through additional reports. We now have a longevity report that's live that will tell you how your body ages and how to optimize and slow that aging down. Go to the dnacompany.com today and check it out. So when it comes to energy, what are you doing to intervene? With, in general? In general, so it, yeah. It, it really, well, what I have done is because usually by the, when we're doing testing, because testing, I love testing, test don't guess. So, but the problem with testing is that it often takes two to four to sometimes six weeks to get the results back. Mm -hmm. So are people just going to sit there for that period of time, you know, twiddling their thumbs or do you get them started on something that you know is going to help? And so I, you know, after the years and the lessons have gone to having them start to decrease the processed foods, increase the whole foods. Um, get start getting better sleep, start, you know, reducing stress in their life, doing the things that we know they're going to have to do while they're waiting for their tests to come back. Yeah, and, I they, and they do, they start having more energy just with that stuff, you know? And then once the test is in, then you can be precise and then we get more precise. Yeah, You go from shotgun to laser beam and exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So the, uh, the, the, the things you discussed, it's like you said in the very beginning, there's the usual suspects that we all know we need to do a better job on that we just don't do. And somebody like you can identify, maybe some people don't know, right? For the most part, we know, but a lot of people don't even know. Um, so when it comes to that, then all of a sudden, okay, food, exercise, people, for, stress becomes this thing where people just can't figure it out. Like, how do I, I have stress. <laughs> I can't stop going to work. I can't stop talking to my wife. Like, where, what do I do? I love that. <laughs> Yeah. So the main thing, first thing, you have to make sure that the person actually acknowledges that they have stress. Because I have so many people, if I ask, are you stressed? They're like, no, yeah. no. But then you look at their lives and it's like a hot mess. <laughs> but um, well, once you get to that point where they're aware of it, then you have to know, are they somebody who's going to jump wholeheartedly mm -hmm. into things like meditation, mindfulness, and you know things like that? Or are they somebody who's not really sure about it? And if they're in that, most of the people I deal with initially are in that category. So we start with five minutes, five right. minutes in the morning, five minutes in the evening. Um, like first thing be, when they get up in, in the morning, rather than starting that scroll, you know, that deadly scroll through the phone, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they pick what they're going to do because that's important too, you know, giving them the, the feeling that they manage their own life. Because going forward, I'm not going to be there. Going forward is them taking them through life. So they pick something that will get them into that parasympathetic mode first thing in the morning. 
and then they do it again at night before they go to bed. That is the very first thing we do as far as stress. Then we start, you know, once they get that under there, we can increase the time, we can increase the variety. I use uh, things like heart math, uh, other, other mm. modalities to help people actually see what's going on. You know, see that, you know, when you see in front of you, wow, this is what it looks like when my, when my heart is and my brain is, is not functioning or is out of coherence. And it looks like this smooth line when it is. When they actually see that, then they're able to start making those those changes. Yeah. And I think one thing you said kind of made me think where they don't acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. And I don't it, it's it's more like they don't even know what stress means because you have this cultural effect of you're supposed to have pain. And if you're not trying hard enough, you're a loser, right? Exactly. And you, you have to burn out by the by every weekend. Uh, or else, you know, you're not as good as the other person and you're not supposed to take breaks and relax because you're weak. And it's also the if everybody around you is that burnt out and that, that anxiety high and that that's normal. Exactly. exactly. I'm like, I'm not doing anything any different than anyone else, but everybody's sick. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that that reminds me of me, you know, before that third time out of the ICU, when I came out the second time, I literally was so exhausted that in my office, I, w- I had them put a couch right next to my exam room so that I could come out from the patient, go on the couch, lay down on the couch, rather wow. than going back to my regular office. And I yeah. did that for three months. Yeah. Because, you know, to, to, to rest and not do what you need for your body to me was being weak, you know, and yeah. I think that's the problem with, like you just said, it's a problem with so many people, especially if they're high powered, what we want to call successful, you know, driven, whatever you want to call it. We think that resting and giving our bodies time to recover and recuperate is bad. There's something yeah. wrong with that. And I think honestly, whoever's listening, try this because there's a big difference between busy and productive. Ooh. You know what I mean? People yes. think that if I'm not busy, I'm losing, right? Versus I have 24 hours. Some of that is for rest and just looking out the window at the water or the trees or whatever and letting your brain, you know, fix itself and heal itself. Uh, if you're highly productive during your work time, you don't need to be busy. Exactly. exactly. Same thing with your kids. They maybe don't need to be in six different sports on every sort of corner of the city. Right? <laughs> like, like be productive. Learn that one the hard way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and that that's a big factor for people because it's like sitting idle feels like you're losing. Yes. Yes. And that's the, that's probably the first thing in mindset that we need to flip. Because if we don't, we're always going to be chasing, chasing, period, you know, yeah. chasing whatever it is that we're chasing. And instead, as you just said, when we are relaxed and functioning at our best, when our brains are working at their best, we were, you know, we're not exhausted. We've got all the energy we need. Then we're the most productive. Then we're the most efficient. Then yeah. we're the most creative and more gets done faster, easier and, you know, in a shorter period of time. Yeah. And there's something cool about your work that I really like is that you focus on high performance women. Yes. Right? Which is really cool because first of all, there's in such a need and in all the work we do, I always say this, that female hormone health needs the most help. And it's not just hormones that you do that I'm signaling out, but that's a big part of it. Uh, and there's also this sort of, there aren't options, right. That are uniquely uh, supporting the way women need it done. Right. Yes. 
Yes. And so how did you get, was this, was that, did that come from your plastic surgery practice? Does it come from you seeing that people needed this or it's more like just kind of organically went that way? <laughs> how about all three of them together? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, first, of course, from plastics, because most of the people I dealt with in, in plastic surgery were women. And so I felt very comfortable with them. I saw what they were going through for 20 plus years. That was one thing. Two, I'm a woman, you know, and yeah. I was treating me. They say that in medicine, you start healing or getting in, involved with the people that you are. You, you try yeah. to heal yourself and that's why you go into something. That was too. And then as we started coming out, um, the people that I was seeing initially, they were the ones who, as I mentioned before, were dealing with, they came in not so much for energy, but for weight and hormones. And when we go through their, you know, their initial history across the board, they were all struggling with energy. We would give them a scale of one to 10. Six was always the highest I ever saw. Yeah. Six out of 10. That was the highest. So I knew that there was something there. And that's when I started focusing more and more and delving deeper into, you know, what is actually determining what's going on in all of these other things. So tell us a story of, because I'm trying to put this into context of you're dealing with these high performance women, mm -hmm. their lives are going to look very similar, mm -hmm. right? Weight is always going to be a problem. There's stress, there's food, there's lack of sleep. There's all. So where do you actually get them to do something? How, tell us a story about somebody that actually through focusing on their energy came back a few months later and said, look, my belly's gone. <laughs> okay. So yeah. I'll tell you about the one who was actually working from home, which is something that I'm seeing a lot more and more just after this last couple of years. So working from home, had two kids as she's trying to run her own business who were young. And so that, you know, that was that whole big thing. And uh, she came because she was exhausted. And this was very unusual. Usually, like I said before, yeah. some of the other stuff, she came because she was exhausted and she knew that, you know, if she didn't have more energy that she was going to have to close her business. You know, it was right. like either my family or my business. And at this point, you know, it was going to be a business. Didn't want to do that. Um, and so we worked with her. We went through that initial six weeks, as I was mentioning, just kind of changing things. And, you know, just with that, she was starting to notice, oh, you know, I'm getting more done during the day. Yeah. Then we got her, her lab work back and saw where her issues were, you know, with low D, you know, vitamin D, low magnesium, things that we see very frequently, but they're not always treated and they have a huge impact on energy um, and then the low B vitamins and CoQ10. Those are the, the four big ones. Um, hadn't yet gotten to DNA, but uh, we switched that over and we you know, started adding those in and boom, she changed. Now she wasn't one that was overly um, stressed about the extra 10, but it was really only 10 pounds. She wasn't overly stressed about it because again, she's working from home. She's on Zoom all the time. You can cover a lot up on Zoom. <laughs> and, uh, but then she came, you know, after it was maybe two, three months, tummy was gone and she hadn't increased her and her output, her movement or anything. It was really just her body getting tuned to what it actually needed to work at the, at the level that it needed. Yeah. That's really cool. So it was kind of like the byproduct of the key focus. Exactly. Like, exactly. Which again speaks to what you've been saying all along. Mm -hmm. These problems aren't the problem. These problems are your body screaming that you've been ignoring me for too long. So I'm going to start making problems. Exactly. exactly. Right. And, and one of them is weight retention. If you're toxic, your body stores toxins and fat. 
Yes. (laughs) And this is even more problematic for women because women have to deal with the heavier load of estrogen toxicity, right? That, that metabolite byproduct, Mm -hmm. which again is so inflammatory. And as you age, your body wants to protect you and it, it starts to store fat just for that. It does. It does. Yeah. And so, so do you deal with um, hormone toxicity or dominance different than you deal with like heavy metal chem- chemicals, mold, or is it all the same? The theory is exactly the same. You really want to make sure that, you know, you're, you've got your stage three where the things are getting out of the body. Although it's a little, it's even more important with, with estrogen because perhaps even more than other toxins, estrogen likes to recirculate. It right. wants to be in the body. And so if you don't get rid of it when it's high, you know, when the levels are high, um, it's really going to just recirculate and you're going to see more and more symptoms of that estrogen dominance that we don't want. Mm. And the, when you're dealing with the, what kind of age group, is it all over the place or is it? The, mostly the 45 to 55, 60, usually before then you can kind of get away with whatever you've been doing, you know, your, okay. your body hasn't started. And then after that, if you've gone through menopause and your body has stabilized, you're kind of used to the, the, the issues, you know, you've kind of yeah, dealt yeah. with them and, and figured it out, but that 45 to 55, say up to 60, that's the age that's really struggling. Those are the ones that are coming to me just saying, I need help. Yeah. And that's the reason I asked because of the M word, right. <laughs> and menopause. And now you throw in another monkey wrench. Exactly. And, and so there, there's so much variability in how it makes women feel. So what if a woman is saying that I'm struggling with this so much, I can't even hear what you're saying about all this other stuff. Like just deal with this. Mm-hmm. Can you do it concurrently? Or is it more like you got to calm one thing down to even start the other? You really do have to come. You don't have to necessarily start, start with a detox. Now, I'm, I'm not right. saying that that's how we start with everyone because you really, if you're going to really do a detox, not a cleanse, if you're going to start with a detox, you want to do it from a, a, a place of strength. You know, because think about it, even if they're getting rid of things, when you detoxify, you're bringing more inflammatory things out into the open before mm-hmm. they're gone. And so you can make things a whole lot worse if you're not in a good state. So that's not always the first thing that I do with something with someone, um, you know, but what I am more likely to do is just, as I said, those foundationals maybe starting a gentle cleanse where they're just slowly changing things over. Maybe we start working on their mindset because, you know, like you had on one of your other episodes, your mind is just as, or even more powerful than what's going on, you know, with your health as Mm. the things you're eating and and doing otherwise. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. We find that there was a a lady I was dealing with here in Toronto. She literally showed up at our door. I don't know how she found her office saying that you guys are crooks. Your product doesn't work. It's all a mess. It's nonsense. And she had all this printouts of other things she had done. And she, this is how it's supposed to be done. So I, I was there and I asked her, so why did you get the test? She said, because I can't sleep. I have autoimmune conditions. And I said, so I said, okay, so you have this giant and you said that you're still feeling all the stuff you're feeling. So why are you telling me that this pile of nonsense is good? It's right? good. Exactly. Because it's a lot of information. What if I just give you the exact information you needed? And the funny thing was, I sat down with her and I said, the reason you came with this giant book and the reason you're complaining and you're nitpicking every, every little detail and ignoring the good is because your serotonin pathways are completely off, <laughs> right? And most of what you're experiencing, you're manifesting yourself. Wow. Yeah. And literally, it's like, you're if you could just change the way you think, 
then the intensity of the problem, the actual existence of the problem, the reality will change. And she, I'm not kidding. Within a week, she's saying I have never, I haven't slept. Like she, I think she was in her mid sixties. She started having issues in her mid twenties. She said, I have not slept like this since before my problems started in my mid twenties. And it started with one thing, shift the way you think, because the way you perceive the world is just very different. It's an extreme view. And so you're going to manifest by over nitpicking every little pain point, every little problem, right? So if you can just tone that down and realize whatever you see is probably actually 70% or should be 70% of what you see, right? You're seeing it 130. <laughs> that, that one thing resolved it. But yeah, to your point, perception is where you start. Right, because what is the problem? The problem is there's the reality of the problem, and then there's what you think the problem is. Right, the way you think about it. So, how do you actually coach people through that when they actually believe it's real? Well, like, like I was yeah. saying, we really have to start with um, those quick wins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting them a quick win within that first two to four weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that, then you get them on board. So how then do you actually get people to think differently when they actually believe what they're saying is real? Yeah, it's that's a difficult question because, you know, if you think about it, um, how many times have you heard someone say, well, I'm going to be diabetic because mom and dad are diabetic or I'm going to have this because, you know, that's the way it is. And you're ingrained in this until someone opens your eyes to another possibility. So one of the, the examples I give is, is um, celiac disease. You know, so people think if you've got that gene, then you have the disease. That's, that's it. It's just a life sentence. And the truth actually is only 30% of people with the gene express the gene. Right. So it's, it's really all about, you know, what are you doing? What's your mind doing? And going from there. And so if there's someone who's really, really entrenched, we start with two things. We start with those really quick wins that we talked about before, getting them something that they can see and hold on to right away so that they are on board. But it's also about making them aware that, that they're even thinking this way, the same way you just were mentioning with the woman we were talking about. A lot of people aren't even aware that their brains have taken them down this pathway, mm. down this negative pathway. And once you let them know that, hey, you know, First of all, you're here. Second of all, you don't need to be here. And third of all, this is where you want to go to be able to, to go. So it's a it's a stepwise pattern. And one of the things that we always do is tell people that they don't have to make a 180 degree turn in yeah. a day, that it's going to take time. It took them years to get where they are. It's going to take them years to reverse things. Well, it may take them years, but it will take them at least a few months to a year to flip things around if it's been going on their entire lives. So when so somebody takes their few months or whatever time it takes, they get better. Mm -hmm. Is how what's then the maintenance? What is it? Because they're not done. They're still alive for another 50 or 100 years or whatever they get, right? Right. So what do you keep doing? Is it like once a year I do my detox thing or once a year I do my energy thing? Or is it like an everyday habit you have to develop? What does that look like? I think a lot of it really depends on the person, you know, and how well, um, you know, how far did they have to go to get there? You know, if they had a uh, hundred steps to get to that point, it's unlikely they can drop all hundred of those steps and still stay at that peak. 
You know, they mm-hmm. may still have to uh, detox a couple times a year. They may still have to eat, you know, eat certain foods and maybe take certain supplements. But if they're not, maybe they only went up five steps. They may be able to go down four, you know, not have to take a supplement anymore, not have to do certain things to be able to sleep well and still get those those same results. So it really is all independent on the person, their genes, their lifestyle, everything. You have to put it all together. Mm, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And it's, it's the same as any sort of functional answer, right? Right. It, it is, that is, it's health is not a one-time project it's a it's an ongoing like just constant choice you're making just like you know sleep is an everyday thing exactly. Food is everyday. you don't eat a meal and say well i'm done with meals now exactly <laughs> you have to start thinking about the next meal that day so it's it's and that's the difference between disease management or health maintenance maintenance yeah. is a key word yes. Right? yes yes if you're not maintaining it you you end up in disease management exactly you know, um and if you enjoy, if you know, if you enjoy how you feel, you're going to want to keep, you, you want to continue doing exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Know, which makes you feel good. Yeah. There's a gentleman named Joe Polish who runs uh, a yes. group called the Genius Network. You know him? Yes. Yeah. So I remember meeting with him at his event in Phoenix and there was a lunch happening and he didn't want to eat. So he, it, not that he doesn't eat or he's, he just uh, didn't eat what was available. There was a lot of bread and crappy fruit. Uh, so what he said blew my mind and stuck with me. He said, and every like, how do you resist? That's what they people were asking him because they knew that he was avoiding it intentionally for his health choices, right? And the answer was, there's no good, uh, sorry, there's no food that tastes as good as how I feel. Yes, yes. Right? And once you get there and you start replacing pleasure with reward, Ooh. right? You start because it's the same dopamine neurochemical that powers both. I love that. What you need is satisfaction. Yes. And either one of those provides you satisfaction, pleasure or reward. Right. So so that's what he did is that the the satisfaction he used to get from the pleasure of the food. He's now replaced with the reward of saying no to things that he knows don't uh, don't allow him to feel the way he feels. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And then it's like you said, there's steps to get there. This is not a switch you turn on. Mm-hmm. Right. This is something that you have intention towards that you know may take months or even a year, but you know that there's going to be a day that you wake up and you have a different identity. Yes. Right. And this is who I am. I'm not going back to that old stuff. Yeah. You know, and that's when it's permanent. That, that's it. That's it. Yeah. And knowing that it could always get better. You know, that's the other thing that's really, really cool. For you sure. Know, as you as you learn things about yourself, like, you know, with me learning this about glutathione, now I've got a whole new thing that I can bring into my life to make yeah. my life easier. So it just, it gets better as you go along. So for all the powerful women that are listening today, <laughs> how do they work with you? I'm sure some people are wondering. Oh, yes, yes. Um, well, we have what we ha- call a Thrive Breakthrough Call. Essentially, we sit down for about 15, 20 minutes, and I get an idea of what's going on in, you know, in your life, um, what you've tried, what worked, what didn't work. And then we sit, then we will go into, segue into a real uh, one-hour evaluation where I have your full health history, any labs that you have, and we go through all of that. And then we sit down and we decide from there what you're going to do, you know, what testing might you need. Um, and uh, now, now that I have the, 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 the 
understanding from DNA with the DNA company. I love that. So we, we start with that. We will also do full blood work. We also do sometimes GI studies, sometimes hormone studies. And from there, then we will go into their specific program. Cool. And where do they find you? They can go on my website, which is uh, www.premierwellness.com. And Premier is spelled with an E at the end, P-R-E-M-I-E-R-E. Oh, the fancy way, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this was awesome. Eye-opening. And just, you know, to recap for people, you know, if you take away from this one thing, it's that the energy levels your body requires to power anything Right. You have to think of this foundationally. If there's no gas in the car, it doesn't matter what a great muffler you have or tires you have. It's not going anywhere. Right. Exactly. So, and, and and there's so many things we talk about. There's so many areas where we need to focus. But this is sort of a foundational, fundamental thing where just do that reality check. Like you said, like, are you a six out of ten? Ask yourself that question. And maybe you got to do work there before the other stuff's going to start working. If, you, if you've hit a plateau, if you're stuck and like, oh, I don't know why none of these supplements, are, well, work on that first, get your body thriving, then you'll be in a better state to fix the rest. Absolutely. Love that. Love that. So it was a pleasure. Thank you for taking the time and sharing with everybody. And it was great. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. 